0: My name is Ruth Gledhill, and I'm the online editor of The Tablet. Today with me is Benedict Rogers, human rights activist and writer. He's East Asia team leader at the International Human Rights Organization, CSW, and also co-founder and chair of Hong Kong Watch. Now, Benedict, you've been writing and very activist on the whole disaster and tragedy of the Uyghurs. Could you tell me some of the background here and what the latest developments are, please?
1: Yes. Well, the Uyghurs are a predominantly Muslim population in the western part of China, uh, uh, known as Xinjiang, although they prefer to call it East Turkestan. And Xinjiang was effectively annexed uh, by, uh, well, a succession of Chinese regimes uh, decades ago. Um, uh, And the repression of the Uyghurs uh, has has gone on for, for some years. But in the last few years, it's intensified to a whole new level, uh, to a situation now where there are believed to be at least a million, some say as many as three million uh, Uyghurs in effectively concentration camps, prison camps, subjected to horrific uh, forms of torture, slave labor, sexual violence. But even outside the prison camps, uh, Xinjiang has become a prison in itself with uh, some of the most Orwellian forms of Uh, surveillance both technical surveillance but also Chinese officials moving into the homes of Uyghurs to live with them and monitor them 24 hours a day and there's a religious uh, persecution element to this as well in that the the, uh, it really any display by Uyghur Muslims of of piety or 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 religious uh, activity whether that's prayer or reading the Quran or fasting uh, is or or indeed uh, having a beard of a certain length or or a headscarf, uh, all of those things are likely to land a, a Uyghur in one of those prison camps.
0: Why are the Chinese so terrified of the Uyghurs that they're going to these lengths?
1: Well, it's right to acknowledge that uh, there have, over recent years, been a very small minority of um, uh, extremist activity of, of of acts of violence by Uyghurs, and so the Chinese try to justify what they're doing uh, as simply counter-terrorism. Um, but that's absurd. I mean, one million, even as many as three million in prison camps, those are not all uh, terrorists by by any means. Um, and, and so uh, I think it is uh, partly uh, an extreme reaction to those incidents of violence uh, in recent years, but it's also uh, a, a part of an over overall picture of, uh, Xi Jinping's regime trying to tighten absolute controls, stamp out any form of dissent and really stamp out any, anything that is not of the Chinese Communist Party, which is why they're so uh, opposed to different religions uh, and and trying to uh, sinicize um, ethnic diversity in, in the country.
0: And have many of these um, millions in these concentration camps been killed?
1: Uh, I don't have uh, specific uh, figures or, or cases of people who've been killed but um, certainly I think people have have died as a result of the conditions uh, in the camps uh, and, and yes I, effectively people have been killed because of the way they're treated but I, I don't have uh, specific examples of that.
0: I, I've read on various Various in various places, um, suggestions of organ harvesting. Do you know any, anything about that? Is that going on?
1: Yes, uh, uh, and actually, that, that is, of course, a, a, an example of people being killed. Uh, last year, um, the British barrister Sir Geoffrey Nice QC, who uh, had previously led the prosecution of Slobodan and Milosevic, uh, chaired a, a, an independent inquiry into this issue. Uh, it was called the China Tribunal. And they came out with a a damning judgment uh, last uh, summer of last year, uh, where they concluded that uh, absolutely this was happening, that it amounts to uh, a crime against humanity. uh, And uh, the final words of their judgment were that anyone interacting with the Chinese regime should do so in the knowledge that they're interacting with a criminal state. Those were the words of the China Tribunal. The evidence of organ harvesting is particularly strong in relation to um, the Falun Gong uh, uh, spiritual movement. But there certainly is mounting uh, evidence that indicates that uh, Uyghurs may well be targeted as well. Uh, extensive DNA testing of Uyghurs that that points to uh, the, the possibility of them being tested for the health of their organs. Um, uh, and and even some speculation that, uh, and this has not yet been fully proven, but uh, that there may be some sort of um Uh, organ trade with the Muslim world um, I mean to put it very crudely and this is appalling but uh, there appears to be a a market for uh, what's become known as halal organs or organs from Muslim people and if that is the case uh, then that's a a huge atrocity uh, against the Uyghurs so more investigation into that is needed but certainly there's uh, considerable evidence already.
0: I mean that opens up two strands of thought really immediately never mind the wider implications one is why haven't we seen more protest about what's happening to the Uyghurs from the Muslim world and the other is of course talking about um, the complicity of governments who interact with China where does that leave the Vatican?
1: Well two very important questions and and to put it very bluntly I, I feel that the Muslim world has effectively sold the Uyghurs out and really the Vatican has sold, uh, the Catholics in China out. Um, the Muslim world, uh, it's astonishing, uh, that we haven't seen, uh, outcry from them. And we've actually seen from some leaders of, of Muslim majority countries, uh, actual support for what the Chinese government is doing. Um, and I think that's really for, because of short term, uh, economic and strategic interests, uh, but it's, um, but it's absolutely appalling. Um, in terms of the Vatican, uh, of course, the Vatican, if the news reports are, are correct, is on the verge of renewing uh, its agreement with Beijing uh, on the appointment of bishops, which was uh, made provisionally two years ago for a two-year period. And one of, one of my many criticisms of this agreement is that it, the effect of it, it, it has been that the Vatican, indeed Pope Francis himself, has been completely silent on this issue Uh, This is a Pope who is widely loved and respected for the fact that pretty much every Sunday when he prays the Angelus, he speaks about one issue of injustice in the world or another. But the one country that has been totally conspicuous by its absence, uh, not even expressing a prayer, um, uh, is China. He hasn't said anything about the Uyghurs, about the persecution of Christians, about organ harvesting, or indeed about the erosion of freedom in Hong Kong. And um, that's, that's tragic.
0: Yes, it's a terrible omission and it looms even larger as time progresses. And um, wh- why, what about the rest of the world, though? How even, you know, so soon after the Holocaust, which led to the deaths of six million Jews in concentration camps and elsewhere in death camps, how come now in China and, and it can't be stopped?
1: Well, what's very significant uh, about uh, the analogy you've just given is that the Jewish community uh, around the world uh, has been really leading the way and speaking out uh, on this. And, uh, you know, as you know, for the Jewish community, comparisons with the Holocaust are extremely sensitive and generally not made for understandable reasons. They regard the Holocaust as a, a unique event in history. Uh, And yet they are making exactly those comparisons. The President of the Board of Deputies of British Jews wrote a a powerful letter to the Chinese ambassador. Uh, The former Chief Rabbi Lord Sachs has spoken out and many others. uh, Jewish uh, media have given this a lot of coverage. So that's very significant. And I think the rest of the world should should heed that. I I mean, there is, I think, um, a I, th- I feel the tide is, slight, is beginning to turn. Um, we see now the House of Commons Foreign Affairs Committee and another committee as well are both uh, carrying out uh, inquiries specifically on the Uyghurs. Um, a, a new tribunal has been set up, again chaired by Sir Geoffrey Nice, who, who chaired the organ harvesting inquiry, uh, specifically to determine whether what's happening to the Uyghurs is genocide. Uh, And and we are seeing more and more uh, movement, um, but there's still a way to go and we we need the international community to absolutely stand up and uh, uh, and say this cannot be tolerated.
0: And do you think it's genocide?
1: I think it has all the hallmarks of of genocide. There was uh, an editorial a couple of years ago now almost um, in the Washington Post that quoted Chinese uh, government documents Uh, or Chinese state media, uh, rather, uh, saying that the intention towards the Uyghurs was to break their lineage, break their roots, uh, break their identity. Uh, And the Washington Post said, you know, if if that's not uh, an indication of genocide, uh, what is? Um, There were leaked Chinese government documents, uh, uh, hundreds of pages of them, uh, which became headlined, uh, uh, absolutely no mercy, which was a, a quote from those documents. Uh, And there's also been reports now of a campaign of of forced sterilization and and forced uh, birth control and forced abortions, um, which is in itself under the Genocide Convention, potentially an indicator of genocide. So I think the the hallmarks are there. Undoubtedly, it's mass atrocities. But I'm not a lawyer. And one of the reasons I'm delighted that the Uyghur Tribunal has been established uh, by Sir Geoffrey Nice is, I hope they will give us a legal determination on whether this is genocide uh, and if, if that is their conclusion, then the international community must must heed that judgment and, and, and act accordingly.
0: So for anybody listening who wants to help, who wants to take action, what do you advise?
1: I would say please write to your MP uh, in this country or if you're listening outside this country to, to your elected representatives uh, and, and to raise these issues, urge them to, to raise them with their government uh, and, uh, and, and to give uh, attention and, and action to it uh, at a political level. We need the international community, governments, the United Nations, um, the, whole, the whole world as far as possible to be speaking out. And so uh, listeners can certainly help by, uh, by raising this with their, uh, with their members of parliament.
0: Thank you, Benedict. I hope and pray that you're right and that the tide is beginning to turn.
1: Thank you.